Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders, our recap podcast. We've had people demanding this one already. People saying, get home and get it started after what was a, I won't use the proper F word, but a freaking good day at the footy. Hawthorne uh, defeating um, defeating uh, uh, Collingwood, 16-9-105 to 11-7. 7,362,000 or so people. Um, we'll talk very shortly about how good of a day it was at the footy, but I am joined uh, to do that by Danny Prince. Hello. Ash, 62,000 at the G. One of them I was not, uh, but thoroughly enjoyed watching that uh, win on television at home. So really excited to join you tonight and really excited to chat about a really, really positive outcome. In today's yeah, game, I have to think most people, most Hawthorne supporters I know were at the game today, but I think only two of the six of us were actually were there. And uh, the other one who was there was sitting alongside me, Darren Levine. Well, that was a fun afternoon, wasn't it? It certainly was, Ash. It was great sitting next to you and amongst a great Hawthorne contingent there. And one of the best days of the footy that I can remember for a long time. We were talking just before about how it ranks in, in terms of recent recent um sort of upset wins um and that's right up there for me what a cracking day at footy the two come to mind were geelong easter monday last year and geelong easter monday 2018 which was the gary abbott comeback game to which the hawks were supposed to just submit and uh let gaza in his first game back at geelong just have the, the cup to win but uh the hawks didn't let didn't let him that was a fabulous game um but today was pretty good as well um, so you know the drill we're going to go through every player. I suspect today we might make Hawks Insiders history with no one getting less than five. I'll be interested to see whether anybody gets a fail on a day like today. I'd be surprised. Does might vote Will Day under five? He's got he's got form. Definitely will not be doing that. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say making history by making this the longest rating pods of all pot of all time which will probably take us want. uh into well after midnight so let's I, not do that please i think we'll you need both we see and i for that to happen to be honest <laughs> i think it's also the first part in which i'm enjoying a brew while we record it's been a long day and uh just thought tell you i'd do it so i rated the fridge uh this will be fun all right let's get into it hawthorne a fantastic win over collingwood at the MCG today, it was 410 disposals to 313 for the Hawks, 252 kicks to 173. Handballs was 18 in favour of Hawthorne, Hawthorne to 158, 140. Inside 50s, 59, 43. Disposal efficiency was 79 to 76% Hawthorne's way. Inside 50 efficiency, Hawthorne 49 to 47%. Free kicks, Hawthorne, uh, we see nothing to complain about. Really, Hawthorne 16 to 14, although I did miss a couple of absolute howls against the Hawks at some stages, but uh, tackles not being rewarded. Hit outs, key, 49, 36, Hawthorne's way. Clearances, Collingwood has got 34, 35, 34 Collingwood's way, but here's the killer. Centre clearance is 18-3. It was an absolute domination out of the middle. And uh, the selection of Justin Reeves, uh, uh, Justin Reeves, Ned Reeves, I think justified there and then. Stoppage clearances, Collingwood 16-32 in their favour. 
Contested possessions, one six to one, one one six to one twelve. Hawthorne's way. Turnovers, sixty five. Collingwood, fifty seven. Hawthorne. Um, marks inside fifty. Another key stat, sixteen nine to Hawthorne. Collingwood took ten contested marks to Hawthorne seven. Intercept mark, sixty five to fifty nine. Hawthorne led for all but a minute eleven of this game. Tackles. Collingwood had the edge, sixty five fifty six. Hawthorne tackles inside four fifty. Also important today, eleven to eight. Uh, that pretty much sums up the team stats. Very briefly, Danny, where was the game won before you get to play? Uh, well, I think I think it was won across multiple levels and multiple lines. But um, obviously, you highlighted the the centre clearance numbers, which are just absolutely outstanding from a Hawthorne's perspective. Eighteen to three, and the drive through the middle was amazing. Um, the back line was incredibly well marshaled for long periods of time by James Sicily. Um, and then our forward line setup looked really dangerous having the the three key tools and having different marking options, which allowed Mitch Lewis to play a more advanced role, come up on the wing and give us a target on the wing as well. But I would say overall, after, above and beyond all of that, I think just the intensity and effort and duration of intensity and effort around the ball and the ability to run and gun when we did get it um, was probably what really won us the game. Uh, played some important tempo footy at times. There were times in the game when it demanded they slow things down. Um, notably in the second quarter when Collingwood kicked four straight goals and got a bit of a run on and most Hawthorne supporters were fearing that they'd go into halftime behind. But they, it's like that Richmond game in the last quarter and Hawthorne Got this energy back for about eight, nine minutes, but couldn't score. And then Richmond got on top again and ended up winning the game. This time around, Hawthorne rested back the momentum, held Collingwood at bay, and then Ryan kicked that really important goal before halftime to give him, I think, an 11-point buffer going into halftime. And it just had a different feel about it thereafter. So the tempo footy was important. In the last quarter, rather than going to save the game mode, they just put the foot to the floor, kicked three goals, and the game was over, which made it a really mature performance as well. Daz, you want anything before we go into uh, the players? No, ready to get into it. But yeah, I, I, I can't remember a centre clearance domination like that uh, in recent memory. 18 to 3, that is some stat. The um, irony, you going... Oh, I mean, a, a lot has to do with that Reeve selection, which left a lot of people scratching their heads. Um, you know, Meek probably didn't deserve to be dropped, but Reeves just absolutely dominated in the ruck and um, has, you know, that went a long way into setting us up for, for success today. Well, Mitchell said in his SEN interview Friday that for now, Reeves is our number one ruckman and uh, he showed why. The irony, of course, and we don't, you know, oh, and, and the good thing about today was the Hawthorne supporters that paid absolutely no disrespect whatsoever to Tom Mitchell, but after being told, all summer, what a mistake it was. And even most people sort of move, have moved on and realised actually Hawthorne probably did the right thing in making these moves they did at the end of last season to beat Mitchell's team 18-3 to three in centre clearances once and for all. It absolutely puts the final nail in the coffin of that discussion now and for all time, I think. Um, it was a great move for Hawthorne. Mitchell, it'll work out for Collingwood. He's still playing a premiership team for Collingwood, so it will be the ultimate win-win. But the Hawthorne midfield take a bow today. They were fantastic. So is this guy. Number one, Harry Morrison, 21 disposals, 15 and six, five marks, three tackles, two goals, 
71% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, two turnovers for intercept possessions, six score involvements, um, 379 metres gained, three tackles. I would posit that it is the best game Harry Morrison's played at the club for a couple of years. And really, he's only in the side because well, I dropped Bramble and Amon didn't, couldn't get over his knee injury. Um, Morrison actually came in and took the most of the opportunity. He, he, it was a fantastic game from Harry Morrison. That's the best game I reckon he's played for a couple of years, Danny. Yeah, absolutely was. And um, here's me eating a little bit of humble pie because, um, you know, Morrison showed us exactly what value he does have. Um, I thought he was he was very classy, used the ball um, really well. Um, at key times, there was a few um, sort of rusty or dusty disposals. Um, but, you know, I think we chatted before, Ash, um, before we started recording around the uh, the goal that he kicked, which re- re-won the momentum for the Hawks and was sort of, um, you know, the point in time where you thought, hang on, they're a real shot here. And that was so timely. And, um, yeah, I just thought he was... Uh, super impressive. I think he showed the value of a player like Harry Morrison, who may not start for you as the team progresses in its development. He may not be a starting 22 player week in, week out, but to have somebody like that, you can slot in when a Carl Amon doesn't get up, who can sort of go at the pace needed, knows what his role is and can execute it. Um, you know, that's just, that's absolutely fantastic. And I thought he was really, really good. I'm going to give him a seven and a half out of 10. Mitch Lewis, where's number two for Hawthorne? Darren, 16 disposals, 11 of five, 10 marks, three tackles, two goals, one. Um, 66% offensive half. Looking at his heat map here, he certainly did push up the ground a little bit more than we're used to seeing. There's a sort of heat map you know, going to half back on one side of the ground and well on to past the wing on another side of the ground. So he worked, he covered a lot of territory, 81% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions. Zero turnovers, one intercept possessions, six score involvements, uh, two contested marks, 282 metres gained, uh, five inside 50s. Um, a different sort of game for Mitch. He had a bit of help down forward, so he was able to get up the ground a bit, um, kick the absolute seal in the last quarter and seemed to be having a very good day for himself at the footy. Yeah, it, it was a different role, and I think that's just the genius of Sam Mitchell. Um playing two other key forwards and and dragging Collingwood's best defenders out, out making them work higher up the ground. And it, it really paid off. Um, I think Mitch works super hard. Um, kicked a really, really great goal on the run outside 50 in the third quarter that, that really set us up. And um, yeah, just a different game for him, but, but I, re- I really loved his game. And I thought he was pivotal actually into um, negating their, their sort of, um, best run, running defenders out of the back and uh, giving us a great a great target on the wing, as Danny said. So, uh, great game from Mitch. So, I'm going to give him a seven. Jai Newcomb wears number three for Hawthorne. 28 disposals, nine and 19. Five marks, five tackles, one goal, one. 75% disposal efficiency, 10 contested possessions, three turnovers, two intercept possessions, seven score involvements. Um, 271 metres gained, six clearances. Four of those were from the centre. Five tackles, 23 centre bounce attendances. Danny, uh, he stood up in a big game. More than happy to talk about John Newcomb whenever given the opportunity. And uh, today is no different. Um, 
hard in the contest, used the ball well. I thought his handballing uh, into space or to runners running into space was fantastic. He hit some bullet-like handballs. One of them, which stuck in my mind, was like a bounce pass handball that he did, but it was like a long-range bounce pass handball, uh, which was incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, like the Collingwood midfielder midfield is a quality midfield unit. And our boys absolutely smashed him. And I thought Jai was right up the front line uh, in terms of Hawthorne midfielders today. I, I gave him an eight. Darwin Impey wears number four. Darren, 17 disposals, 14 and three, seven marks, one tackle, 71% defensive half of the ground, 71% disposal efficiency, one contested possession, five turnovers, three score involvements. Um, he had four scoring, yeah, four score involvements. Seven uncontested marks, 286 metres gained, um, three inside 50s, five rebound 50s. Um, what do you make of his game? Yeah, well, he really came to life in the second half. I think he had 12 out of his 17 disposals in the second half and was one of the players really that gave us energy, I think, when Collingwood were coming at us. And um, yeah, I, I it, it it was an unusual game in that I think he was super quiet in that first half. Didn't really see much of him. Um, but for that second half alone, I'm going to give him a six and a half. I thought he was terrific and we really, really needed his energy there when Collingwood were coming hard at us. Yeah, I agree. I thought his second half was great. Um, a bit of experience, got to some important contests in the second half and a bit of organisation. And when we talk about the tempo footy Hawthorne played, he was partly responsible for that. There were times when he got them moving quickly, other times when he slowed them down. So I thought Giles was terrific. His experience came to the fore in the second half, especially. James Walpole, number five for Hawthorne, 23 disposals, 12 and 11, three marks, six tackles are behind, 83% disposal efficiency, nine contested possessions. Um, he had two turnovers, one, Intercept possession, six score involvements, 264 metres gained, seven clearances. Five of them were centre clearances. He had 22 um, centre bounce attendances, Danny. Yeah, and another, um, I guess, cog in the midfield unit that just works so well today. And if you look at uh, both his and Jai's um, centre clearance stats together. We we had 18 as a club or as a team and they had nine of them today. So it just shows you how how good those two are at getting first hands on the ball um, and getting the ball moving uh, Hawthorne's way. So um, probably not as flashy as a few of the other uh, Hawthorne mids. Doesn't stand out as much, but he's always that first man in the coalface and, and an incredibly hard worker, um, you know, happy to do all the dirty work and, and get down in and under and um, really exert his um, his size and his physicality in the contest. Um, I gave him a seven and I would really like the Hawks to sort out his contract extension, please. Yes, I think a few people would agree with you on that one. Okay, let's have some fun with this guy. Uh, James Sicily, 37 disposals, 24 kicks, 13 handballs. 19 marks, one tackle. Let me just go to his first quarter stats alone. His first quarter alone was 14, eight and six, five marks. That was just his first quarter. So his game was immense. He had 89% uh, disposal efficiency, eight contested possessions. He had three turnovers, 11 intercept possessions, three goal assists, five score involvements, 
all his marks were uncontested. 515 metres gained. Um, he had four rebound 50s, three inside 50s, three one percenters. Uh, I'll make the point, um, Daz, you, you've uh, won the James Sisley lottery, but Prinzi, I'll get you to say a few words as well. His post-match press conference today, Sam Mitchell actually laid it out there and good on him for doing it. He was asked the question about uh, should he be an All-Australian selection? And he said, a hard yes from me. Then something was mentioned maybe about games. And he said, well, he's uh, Stuart made it last year and he played fewer games. Uh, Stuart missed six games last year and made it. So well done, Sam, for getting out there. I know firsthand that he was absolutely furious last year that uh, Sicily didn't make the All-Australian team. But take that to the bank that he was furious. Uh, Sicily didn't make the team. So he's lobbying very hard for him to make it this year. It's going to be a crowded field, but he's now played really well in big, some, he's played really well in some really big games. Sicily, I thought his, his performance today was absolutely outstanding, set the tone early. Whether he's Hawthorne's best player or not, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. There might maybe a case for one or two others. I mean, Finn McGuinness might just get it on what he, on his body of work today, but Sicily was a scene set of deaths. Oh, the best player on the ground for me, um, you know, as good as Finn was, I think Sicily was a dominant player. Collingwood supporters, you know, some of my friends were saying they were just shocked that he got so much freedom and, and space. And well, the maybe guys they sitting should... near us were furious within a few they were, minutes. They were. they were already starting with, a, who's on Sicily? Tag Sicily. The Collingwood supporters were near us, weren't happy at all. He was um, just so damaging with the ball in hand and he had so much of it, um, especially in that first half. And yeah, they should have maybe put Nick Dacos on him, uh, just <laughs> giving him something to do, uh, something meaningful to do. Lead him uh, to the ball. That's it, yeah. But this was just... Uh, when he when he has those sorts of games, I think there's actually a few players in the comp that are sort of better than him um, in that position and... Uh, he deserves an All-Australian jumper. Will he get it? Probably not because it's James Sicily and um, the selection panel, for some reason, hate Hawthorne. So um, it's a shame because he's had three of his best games, I think, in his career this year. Um, and this is this is one, this is is one up there with, with one of them. So um, it's going to be a nine for me for Sis. I keep going back to the last week and say, oh, Cooper Sharman sorted him out. And that'll be the, that'll be the game they hold against him. Mm. for the whole season rather than all the games he particularly dominated. Danny, do you want to say anything about Sicily before we move on? Oh, I just think he should be an absolute lock for the All-Australian team. I think he is probably one of, if not the the best defender in the comp. He's one of the top three. Um, and, you know, he his offensive game is as good as his defensive game. So, um, yeah, I can't see an argument to, to not have him in there and he should absolutely be in there. Ned Reeves, Danny, nine disposals, five and four, uh, three marks. We should have got Hello. Hello. Uh, five tackles, a goal. Beautiful kick set shot it was as well. He had uh, two contested possessions. He had two turnovers, one intercept possession. He had three score involvements. He had, as I said, three marks, all uncontested. One of them was inside 50. 39 hit outs, five tackles. Um, 24 centre bounce attempts, some 76 ruck contests. I don't have hit outs to advantage stat with me. I wonder if you guys might write seven. That down. Seven. Yep. Um, he was great, Benny. 
He was, he was. I do want to say that a lot of the commentary in support of Reeves, and this is going to sound negative, it's not intended that way, but a lot of the commentary in support of Reeves is that over Meek, his hitouts to advantage are much greater. He had seven of 39 hitouts to advantage this week. L- Lloyd Meek had 46 hitouts last week. He had 15 to advantage. So I think we need to maybe understand that it's not as black and white as, as we think it is, but Ned Reeves was a big part of the reason why the Hawks midfield was uh, midfield unit was on top. Um, and uh, actually, along with Jacob Kaczynski, who um, played a phenomenal role as a, as a backup ruck, um, but getting first hands to the footy and allowing the Hawks midfielders to go to work and do what they do best in close. Um, I also appreciated that he got around the ground a bit more and got involved in the play a little bit more. Um, he's never going to be a mid to high teens possession getter as a ruck. That's okay. Nine to 13 is fine. The five tackles is a big one. Uh, at one stage, I think near half time, we only had something like 18 tackles. Um, now that obviously picked up after half time, but for for big Ned at the, at his height and his size to to be able to lay five tackles in a game is a fantastic effort. Three marks is a good sign. Um, and and we obviously have lamented the fact that our Ruckman don't kick goals this year. So that goal uh, for Ned in the second quarter, I think it was, um, was a really important one. So um, all in all, I'm going to give him a seven and a half out of 10. I thought he was very, very good. Just covered the ground a lot better today, I thought. Um, it yeah. just wasn't, it just wasn't a statue. Didn't look like a statue. Yeah. No, it, didn't, it wasn't a statue today. Yeah. Well played, uh, well played, Ned Reeves. This guy also played well. Connor Nash, 31 disposals, 16 and 15, nine marks, six tackles, 81% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions, six turnovers, three intercept possessions, seven score involvements, 327 metres gained, 18 pressure acts, four inside 50s, one rebound 50, um, 21 centre bounce attendances. Daz. Yeah, terrific game. And, and you know, Colling- that Collingwood midfield is, is um, aggressive in their... You know, they've got some dynamic plays in there. And I think Nash is a big reason why they really didn't do much today. His physicality, he matched the Dugowies of the world and absolutely destroyed, you know, the Taylor Adams and the Tom Mitchells who didn't have any impact. And he's a big part of that midfield contingent and his aggression and pressure and his ability to win the footy today uh, was a big part of that midfield dominance. So... He's. I don't think he's had the best month. He's. 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 You know, prob- probably judging on him on very high standards because he he sets some really great early standards this year. But I think it was a, a game where he came back into form, and um, I'm going to give him a, a seven and a half. I thought he was terrific. Sixteen kicks was an interesting one um, for Connor Ash. It's not often he has more kicks than handballs in a game, and I, I didn't mind it at all. It's the opposite, I think, of last week against the Saints. So. Um, yeah, didn't mind that either. She's putting it on the boot and, and 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 getting it forward really quickly. Will Day, 29 disposals, 15 kicks, 14 handball, seven marks, three tackles, one behind, 76% disposal efficiency, 14 contested possessions, five turnovers, five intercept possessions, six score involvements. He took seven marks, all uncontested, one mark inside 50, 369 metres gained, seven clearances, four Centre three stoppage, three tackles, eight inside fifties, two rebound fifties, 
um, 24 centre bounce attendances. Thrived on the big game atmosphere. Many people believe he will be the next captain of the football club. And I th- would have thought his performance today showed exactly why, Danny. He's a Rolls Royce, Will Day, and um, and we just need to start to appreciate um, that his stats don't really tell the story of just how heavy or how strong his impact is on a game. He has these moments of brilliance that there aren't many players on Hawthorne's list that have the ability to have those moments. And the way he attacks the pack and the way he hits the ball at speed and comes out the other side of a, of a congested area and nobody's been able to lay a, a finger on him um, is, is really a trait that only the elite players have. Uh, and I, and I'm, I, I mean, I think everybody knows here. I don't need to say it every week, how big I am on Will Day and his ceiling. Um, but I think every week he shows why people like myself are, so high on his ceiling because he does, he just does special things. Um, and he did it again today. Um, he had impacts across every, every line he had, I think, what did you say? It was eight inside fifties, but there was a large portion of the game where he was playing behind the ball. So, you know, to be able to impact both sides of the footy like that, there aren't many players, um, in the AFL that have that ability. I don't think. And I thought Will Day was amazing again, and I'm going to give him an eight out of 10. Dylan Moore, 22 disposals, 16 and 6, five marks, three tackles, two goals, the first two goals of the game. Got the Hawks game with his trademark energy, but he was running just as hard towards the end. Uh, Eight contested possessions. He went at 82% disposal efficiency. He had one turnover, three intercept possessions. He had um, five five uncontested marks. One of those was inside 304 metres gained. He uh, did not attend a centre bounce. He had uh, three rebound 50s, four inside 50s, three tackles. Daz, he worked hard. Said got them going early. Um, probably not Hawthorne's best player, but an important player today. Oh, yeah. And did those... get mentioned by the coach after, by the way. Coach said they had sort of three important players, an important player in each part of the ground. He singled out Sicily. I think there was Day in the midfield uh, and more in the forward line. Yeah, and that's the leadership group. And he he led from the front in that first quarter, seven touches, and then those two goals when everyone else was, uh, even Luke Bruce was had the occasion sort of seemed to get to him, which is quite funny, uh, three-time premiership player. So, yeah, Dill went back and coolly slotted those goals. And, you know, that's that's true leadership. It was a big occasion and... Uh, he, he blocked everything out and um, he really set the tone. I think if he, I think had he not hit that first shot, I, I, I'm not sure we would have had the day that we had, to be honest. Um, I know that it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a four quarter game, but um, as a, as far as a tone setting uh, first quarter went, he, he did what he needed to do and he backed it up across the game and worked, worked hard. So um, it was a really, really strong performance and showed great leadership. So I'm going to give him a um, seven. Daz, are you saying that that first shot at goal from Dylan Moore was a sliding doors moment? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> In the true definition, sliding doors, Gwyneth Paltrow definition of the word, Danny. Okay. Not the demo definition. Jack Scrimshaw, uh, 
interesting player today. 20 disposals, 11 and 9, 6 marks and a tackle. But what a tackle it was. Uh, 85% defensive half, as is always the case. 20, uh, 7 contested possessions, 1 turnover, 6 intercept possessions, 3 score involvements, um, 145 metres gained. Um, fascinating player, Jack Swimshaw. Watched him closely. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit early. We'd be worried what stage weren't we, Daz, that he's, uh, his opponent, I wasn't quite sure who it was because I wasn't taking copious notes, got away from him. But he also improved tremendously as the game went on. Danny? He did. He did. And I think he showed in various stages of the game why I why I think, and a lot of people think that he's super important to this Hawthorne setup. Um you know, everyone will look at the the tackle on Jordan Goey and and as they should, because that was an incredible tackle, a goal-saving tackle, a momentum-stopping tackle. Um, and, you know, Degoe thought, looked at him and thought, you know, I'll take you. And Scrimshaw said, not today, mate, and stopped him dead in his tracks. And that was massive. But there were other moments and there were the other, there other, there's these little things. There was a smother on, a, on the wing. There's, you know, timely marks the way that he uses the ball so well by foot, the good decisions that he makes when he's using the ball. Um, you know, you can't have enough good users and smart footballers in your back six. And um, I'm going to say it's, I don't think it's um, a coincidence that a couple of our best wins this year, the Brisbane uh, Lions win at the G and then today's win at the G, there was no chaos in the back six make of that what you will, but it was just calm heads and calm heads often prevail. And, um, and, and I think Scrimshaw plays a huge role in that because he, his ability to come up and be an intercept mark um, or take a man gives flexibility and freedom to James Sicily to go and play his role as well. So um, I, I give him a seven out of 10 and I, I, please Sam Mitchell, please do not drop him for the rest of the year. Just play the man in the, in the, in the AFL team and don't make him play at Box Hill. I thought he played a harder, more desperate game than I've seen him play for a while. He didn't sort of lope around. He, 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 and the, it, it was the tackle and to go a couple of smothers at times, uh, sort of in front of us as well, weren't they, Daz? And sort of the, yeah. the, uh, he'd loved, type. there was one that must have been right in front of you guys and he loved it too. I was watching it on TV. And he got up and he was like celebrated like he kicked a goal. We know like Scrimmer loves a goal and he celebrated it like a goal too. And um, you could just see it meant a lot to him, um, all of the Hawks, but especially Jack, who's had a really rough season if we think about it. He has, but I think like Harry Morrison, um, you just can't, can't fault someone who goes back and does all the right things at Box Hill and earns his place back in the, in the team. He got dropped after a game in the side, went back to box here, was the best player on the ground, and then has come back and put in that sort of performance. And it's funny because this is the first time I'm talking to you, Danny, since the since the game. And I said the exact same thing to Ash at the ground, which was we looked like a much, much better team without the chaos agent in the back. And I wasn't no, trying I to name names, but now everybody wanna... knows who it was, Daz. <laughs> well, I didn't name names either, but I'm just <laughs> – we uh, – we just look structurally the yeah. best I've seen us set up behind the ball. Um, so the problem is that everyone's, they're all better with ball in hand than, than 
Correct. That, than Frosty. That's the thing. Frosty's, yeah. we've talked about this several times. Frosty's pure defensive actions are excellent. But that's only part of the game. You need to be, you yeah. need to make smart decisions with the ball. And Frosty doesn't always do that. Whereas today, pretty much every time, certainly when it counted, Scrimshaw and the next guy we're about to talk about, and Sicily um, and one or two others just made smart choices. That player we're talking about, talking about is Blake Hardwick. Now, the starting point for talking about Hardwick is that Jamie Elk kicked three goals. But I think as Sam Mitchell said in the press conference today, um, Blake Hardwick is one of the unobtrusive stars of Hawthorne that no one outside Hawthorne seems to make a big deal about. He had 16 disposals of 15 kicks, one handball, eight marks, one tackle. He went at 94% disposal efficiency. It wasn't some of those silly, ambitious kicks he tries to pull off. None of those today. Four contested possessions, seven intercept possessions, two score involvements. Um, two contested. Two of, his eight, two of his eight marks were contested, 297 metres gained, uh, five one percenters. He played a terrific game, just so reliable. Whenever the ball went down there, he did the right thing. Just it's such an assured game from him today, Des. Yeah, it was. And I think you, you, you do look at the stat sheet and there were there were contests that he was beaten by Elliot. And but but I think Elliot's a very, 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 very good player. He is. He is, but there are other times where Hardwick beat Elliot. So it was it was a bit of a a draw in that in that respect, I would say, in terms of um, you know, as as far as a pure one-on-one contest was, but I agree, Ash. He's just terrific when he's got the ball in hand, and uh, we needed a, a cool head at the back because Collingwood will really hurt you if uh, if you turn it over. Um, and so, yeah, he is an unsung hero, but not an un- unsung hero uh, amongst Hawk supporters. I think he's first name on the team sheet, or one of anyway, and um, we love him. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to give him a seven. No one's come close to it, even a pass mark at the moment. They're flying. Uh, Chad Wingard, 26 disposals, 12 and 14, six marks, two tackles, 76% offensive half, 69% disposal efficiency, nine contested possessions, five um, turnovers, one intercept possession, one goal assist, seven score involvements. He took six uncontested marks. I said 286 meters gained. Had one centre had a centre clearance chat. I didn't realise he was in the. He center. had a centre clearance without attending a, a centre square attendance. So figure that one out. Well, it must have been repeat stoppages in the centre, and eventually, with players around the ball, he's the one who actually chiselled it out. I think that's the only way it worked. I actually thought about the watching the footy today when there's three or four. There were a couple of instances today where there were three or four bounces in the middle before the ball got out there. But I guess if it takes two minutes for the ball to clear the center. The team that clear it gets out of the center, still gets the center clearance. Must be. Must be how it works. Um, anyway, enough of that. Um, Chad Wingard is having an excellent month, Danny. Yeah. And if, if this is the Chad Wingard, we would get week in week out over the duration of his contract at Hawthorne. I don't think anybody would complain about that Ryan Burton and uh, Xavier Dersma trade at all. So, um, you know, he, he has been fantastic for a month and today was no exception. I think when he's up and about like this, he adds that X factor. He's, he knows how to find like copious amounts of footy for somebody who doesn't actually go into the midfield. Um, and, you know, although he will have a lower, generally a lower 
disposal efficiency. It's because he tries things that other players don't won't and don't try. Um, and he's, he's willing to turn it over or cough it up in order to be uh, incredibly deadly um, the other way. So um, another really good game for Chad. Uh, I'm going to give him a seven. Um, and I think the Hawks insiders tweeted a little bit earlier today or tonight um, that it's time for a contract extension. I seem like I'm getting all the guys that are out of contract. Um, I would be signing him up again uh, for another year or two. I said to Daz today, I think I said to you, Daz, um, that I wouldn't want to see him play for another team anymore. No, no, sign him up. I think sign I think up. if if for nothing else... Um, One year, $250,000 and $10,000 a game, which if he yeah. plays 20 games, we'll get him close to half a mil. Yeah, happy. I'd, I'd be happy with that. And look, I, I think... I think you can't teach some of the stuff that Chad can do. So, um, you know, he he will win us a game off his own boot. He's playing a different game. Isn't he? I mean, remember the Leicester game started round one and then he got injured. He hit that brilliant goal, but I think he was trying to win games. I think until he got injured in the middle of the year, until he went back to Box Hill, he was trying to win games by brilliance. It's like he's been reprogrammed. And yeah. now it's just, it's, what smart intelligence, how can you set the team up? And these little one percenters and little handballs and right into space and setting setting up the play for others. It's like it's a different Chad Wingard and he's so much more effective in what he's now. The flashy, brilliant Wingard, we're not going to get much of anymore. There'll be glimpses from time to time. But his body's not letting, letting him play with that anymore. But he's been able to adapt really quickly and it's all credit to him. Yeah, and I think it just shows the extreme level of talent. Daz, sorry for jumping in ahead of you there. Um, just elite talent finds ways to get the job done, even if your body won't allow you to go. The mercurial stuff, he's just so smart, so smart in how he gets involved in chains and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, finish us off on Chad Wingard, Daz. Oh, no, but I think it's also off the back of really hard work and he's really working up the ground. He's getting involved and when he's, you know, I, I think, for Chad, maybe um, when he first came to the club or early on in his career, his way of getting involved was kicking a freakish goal out of nothing or winning a game off his own boot. Now he understands that it, it's it's you know it's not about the miraculous snap from the pocket. It's about working really hard up the ground and and doing doing the team stuff really well. So yeah, I'd I'd give him an extension tomorrow if I could. And I didn't see this coming. So all credits to, to Chad turning who's, it around. Who's giving him a rating? Or did I miss it? Yeah, it was me and I gave him a seven. Great. Luke Bruce, three goals, one he kicked today. Six from 16 disposals, 11 of five, six marks, one tackle, 75% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions, two turnovers, one intercept possession, nine score involvements, two goal assists. Uh, he took six marks, three of them were inside 50. Um, they're the main figures that count for Luke Bruce. But be days like today, Danny, that he would really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I'll let Daz rate him, but um, I just want to say, I think he has now kicked 42 goals for the year. It's 41 or 42 goals for the year as a small forward in a team that is currently sitting 16th on the ladder. Um, that's an incredible effort at 32 years of age at the highest level he can play at. So um, I think we just need to 
enjoy Luke Bruce while we can because um, you know the 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 curtain is drawing on his on his career eventually. Um, and you know, for him to be able to impact games the way he does, nine goals in the last two weeks is just incredible. Has he Sorry, surpassed? Has he surpassed last year's total? I think he kicked only in the thirties last. Well, only in the thirties, but I think he kicked thirty odd. Um, you, you both are madly looking that set up. I'm looking at yeah. my AFL record <laughs> season guy three nine ninety five still available at all good bookshops and not so good bookshops. Last year he kicked um, forty goals. Yeah, well there you go. Surpassed last year's last year's haul, and he you know still a few games left. So could he could he get the fifty? I think um, you know that's why he was awarded with another contract, and he's still got a lot left in the tank based on today's performance. I thought he was so dangerous. He was reading the ball so well off um, off the pack. Um, and I think having Ryan in there and, and, and him being able to, to bring the ball to ground or have a contest or get a hand in, um, and feed Bruce, um, I think was, yeah, it looked like a really functional forward line today. And a ranking, a rating for Bruce. Uh, I'm going to give him, I feel like I've given everyone a seven tonight, but, uh, another seven. Lucky seven. Jake Kaczynski, oh, nine disposals, five and four, five marks, three tackles, a goal that entire MCG, I think, had their backs turned as a kick for goal. Came at a pretty important stage of the game. Does believe in it, I'm sure of it. We got the double cobra to end all double cobras as it sailed through the big ones. 89% disposal efficiency. He had... Um, Six contest possessions. He had turnover. He had one intercept possession. He had um, six score involvements, one goal assist. He had 97 metres gained. He had one clearance. He had 10 hit outs. He was a relief ruckman, three tackles, uh, six centre bounce attendances, and 22 ruck contests. Danny. Yeah, I thought, I thought because he showed his. Uh showed his value today. I thought he competed hard in the air. I thought he, um, you know, he marked his fair share of, um, of aerial balls, kicked a goal. He, his tap work was um, very underrated. There was a couple of, there was one double-handed tap down straight to Jai Newcomb um, that I remember. So he had at least one hit out to advantage, um, but, you know, chopped out well and moved well around the ground. And I think the, the the triple threat of Lewis, Cozzy, and Brandon Ryan really showed um, a more dynamic forward line setup this week to previous weeks. And having those multiple options to kick to, um, so it's not Mitch Lewis having to do all of the work, um, definitely helped uh, helped us kick over a hundred points for you know one of the first times this year. Um, so, you know, he wasn't amazing, but um, but I thought he definitely contributed to today's win, and I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. They had to make the Collingwood defenders more accountable. They had to sort of didn't, – they didn't want Murphy and Moore to take over the game, and they did that really well. There's a game – there were a couple of times there when Moore got the ball. It was like, oh, Moore hardly touched, hasn't touched the ball for ages. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a non-event, Dylan Moore. Uh, not Dylan Moore, uh, Darcy, Darcy Moore. Moore. Yeah, so – Dylan Moore was an event. <laughs> yeah. So the forward line worked beautifully today. So Chris Newman, 
Uh, also, yeah, Chris Newman, take a bow. Or David Hale, whoever does it, I think. Uh, I'm not sure who the forward It's line Newman, uh, Hale's the yeah. midfield coach. Uh, take a bow, forward line work to treat. Josh, friend of Hawks, friend of Hawks Insiders, what he was this evening, with a very uh, nice minute, three and a half minute chat that I commend to you through your favorite podcast provider. He was very good post game. Sorry for how loudly I had to speak. It was really, really noisy in the Hawthorne postgame. It was very, very bubbly and excitable. Josh Ward had 23 disposals, 14 and 9, 9 marks, 2 tackles. He had uh, 83% disposal efficiency. He, um, 21 uncontested possessions, nine, uh, 2 contested. He had 3 turnovers, 3 intercept possessions, uh, 9 marks, as I said, 410 metres gained, uh, two tackles. He had uh, no centre-bounce sentences because he's now an outside midfielder who, just as it happens, spent his entire game up and down the Shane Warne wing. And I think we hardly saw him, Daz, on our side of the ground. But he has bounced back beautifully. His body is going well again. He has confidence in his body. He's using the ball beautifully. He is turning into every bit the footballer who teases a bit last season. It was a good first up for season last year, but he's really coming to his own now with, with a great patch of form. Yeah, he's just getting better and better every week and he's going to continue to get better because he's uh, an, an extremely talented footballer who generally makes the right decision. He's, he's a terrific decision maker, does all the fundamental stuff well and he really made that wing his own. And I think there was a great balance between Morrison and, and Ward on the wings, and they were part of a, a midfield contingent that um, were clearly the, be the best on the day. So um, terrific performance from Ward. He's not lightning quick, but just that two-way run, he's got a lot of endurance, and he'll, he'll run all day, and he'll negate and get us going again and he played his role to perfection. So it was an absolutely terrific game from Josh Ward. And do you give him a ranking, a rating? Um, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Very good. Cam McKenzie was a tactical sub, came on, I think, late in the third quarter. He only had three disposals, kicked a point. Should have um, kicked a goal. Should have kicked a goal. He uh, he absolutely – did he – Dad, because we talked about it, did he, he was either on the receiving end of – a huge bump or he gave out a huge, I think it was the receiving out of huge bump and he just got up, dust himself off and went again. And even though he was only on for a bit of a quarter, he actually looked better than he has for a while. So it was quite an impressive quarter. And, and again, added something when he came on. Yeah. He didn't get, obviously he had three touches, so he didn't get a lot of it, but he was in good areas to receive it. Um, you know, and and he moved well up and down the ground in order to get involved or be ready to be involved in in chains of possession. So, um, the one where he did get forward and kick that point, he started in the back sort of fifty area when the Hawks did, and he worked the whole way up. Um, and you know, it was really really impressive, and that's what you want a sub to do when they've got the fresh legs and come on. Then you also want them to go back and kick it. Um, I, I find it really, really hard to rate a player that's been subbed on for basically no, a quarter. No, 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 um, but I think, you know, the little signs that we did see um, shows, um, you know, that I think Cam McKenzie is going to be a 200, 250 game player for sure. Oh, no doubt about that. Um, Connor McDonald grew up a Collingwood supporter. 
that he's now a rusted on brown and gold Hawthorne type. 18 disposals, 13 and 5, 9 marks, 3 tackles, kicked a point, uh, mainly in the defensive half, 69%. 83% disposal efficiency, 7 contested possessions. He had three turnovers, three intercept possessions, three score involvements, and one goal assist. 348 metres gained. Um, he had uh, two inside 50s, two rebound 50s, and three tackles. One of those was inside 50. Um, Daz, to my reckoning, Connor McDonald did everything today he was required to do, other than perhaps hit the scoreboard. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, it's a big part of his game. I think he had a, a, a shot there that was that was pretty close that would have probably brought the house down um, towards the end. But, yeah, pretty workmanlike performance. He and missed he, one in the he, third quarter, but on the run. That was it. He should have kicked it. It would have been a huge goal. Yeah, yeah. And he usually nails those as well. So we usually judge Connor McDonald in the same way as Dylan Moore by you know, when he impacts the scoreboard. So um, I think it's the kind of game that I haven't rewatched it yet. But if I if I watched, if, if I was on Connor watch, I'd probably see him do a lot more off the ball and a lot more little things that, that I didn't see maybe um, on the ground today. Um, so it wasn't his best game for the year, but he was a, a valuable contributor. So I'm going to give him a six. Finn McGuinness. Um... It's the six disposals we don't worry about. Um, three marks, two tackles. Um, one contested possession. He had five, uh, one turnover, two intercept possessions. He had two score involvements. He had three uncontested marks, 55 metres gained. Um, he took a really important mark at one stage in the, the relieving mark of the back line, such as the, the confidence with which he was playing. But this key thing, key stat was that he absolutely took Nick, uh, Nick Dacos, the cleaners. They knew all week he was coming Collingwood and they had a week to prepare as how to break a, a, a Finn McGinnis tag. And I'll put to you, Danny, that, McGuinness got into Dacos's head. Uh, he lived rent-free in Dacos's head for much of the week, and that manifested itself in the performance in the MCG on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, well, I mean, he absolutely bossed him, didn't he? Um, you know, uh, Dacos finished with, and I'm just reading his stats, he finished with five disposals, four kicks, a handball, a mark, three tackles, and a goal. The goal that was absolutely gifted to him when he dove after a bit of a touch from Seamus Mitchell... Um, two of his kicks were from free kicks. Another kick was from a kick out. So he had three kicks given to him and he earned two possessions for the whole day. That is an absolute bath of epic proportions. Do you think you'll get and, one Brownlow vote or two? Uh, probably just the two. Um, definitely Dacos. not the three. Yeah, yeah, Dacos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah he'll he'll just get, tip him he'll over and he'll four win four coaches it. votes. Yeah. Four yeah, he yeah. took the goal well. All, all from all from <laughs> Craig McRae. Um, loved the Collingwood uh, tweet tweet after he kicked that goal that was handed to him on a silver platter, saying, um, "Bruised but not beaten." 
and then they went on to lose by 30 points. <laughs> so right. bruised and beaten. Um, and look, I mean, obviously, we're saying all of this because Nick Dacos is one of, if not the up-and-coming star in the in the competition. Uh, and, you know, give him his flowers. He is a phenomenal young player. Um, but I think that that speaks volumes to the work put in by Finn McGuinness to do the job that he did on the day. And... Um, like you said, Ash, Collingwood had a week to prepare for it. Sam Mitchell was open and honest about what was going to happen uh, every time he spoke to the media, and they still couldn't do anything about it. And I think it went a long way to um, contributing to the Hawthorne win. It also um, got uh, raised the eyebrow of Kane Corns, who has now, him and Nathan Buckley, have Finn coming on um, on with Corns and SEN on Monday. And you know, shedding really? some light on yeah, shedding some light on how do you, um, how do you know that? Has that already been he tweeted it? Yeah, Kane Corns tweeted oh, it. Dude. He actually said, um, he said enough of the ruck round, it's now about the taggers. So um <laughs> he's he's uh he said the AFL needs more Finn McGuinnesses and they're getting him on SEN next week. So um, you know, I think that when AFL media and guys like Kane Corns, who obviously has a leaning towards taggers because he was one, um, you know, is is talking about Finn and talking about that performance and the niggle and the bit of nastiness and the sole focus on stopping somebody. I think that shows you that he's done his job incredibly well. I give him an eight and a half out of 10. Um, the only way he could have got more than that is if he had a bit more of the ball himself. Yeah, You're it's... On. It's um, the thing about Finn and, you know, there were a few uh, Crowley comments from Collingwood supporters that I heard. He's, he's, he's not a pest. He just beats players athletically um, and he gets in the right positions and he's, he's almost single-handedly resurrected the, the tagger uh, and, the, and, 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 and made it, made it an art form again uh, because he shut down pretty much every single dominant midfielder or half back flanker in, in, in the league. I think the only one that really shook the fin tag was probably Sinclair last week for the saints. Um, and, and I think Rioli as well, but that was just because Rioli did not stop running all game and he just uh, wore him down. So um, it's, yeah, it's a thing of magic when, when fins, when fin tags. So the Bailey Smith next week. Probably. It, well, that'd be nice send off well, for Bailey for when he comes across the Hawks in the off season. <laughs> At least he'll know he'll, that's the only time he'll have to do it. 2024. Um, and then it'll be at Langley again, probably against the D's to, uh, week after that. James Blank, um, five disposals, three and two, two marks, a tackle, um, 40% disposal efficiency, um, three and possessions. Uh, three contested, three uncontested possessions. One score involvement. Um, <laughs> minus nine meters gain. Oh, that works. Actually. Respect yeah. that. Yeah, that's a good. It effort. means he went backwards with all of his disposals. Yeah, four one percenters. But did his job. Did his job, Des. Did his job, and you know he's he's flying under the radar a bit. I think as a as a lockdown defender. But he's doing his job and he's earning his place and can't really ask uh, for more than that. I don't think they really had any dominant forwards out there except for Elliot. Um, and he halved or won most of his contests. So 
um, can't ask for more from a from a key defender. And you know, it's exciting. He's young. He's dynamic and fast, and he, you know, doesn't use the ball particularly well. But he does the right thing in handing it off to people that can use the ball. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a, a pretty good display from Blanky. So, gonna give him a seven. And <laughs> unlike you today, Daz. <laughs> and he folds Everton, Daz. Does he get extra? Does he really? Oh, I haven't heard that one. Is that true? Uh, he's a, he's definitely he's definitely been coached exactly the same way James Frawley was coached at Hawthorne, hasn't he? It's like get the ball and give it to the guys around you who can use it, or if you have to use it, go long up the line as and hug the boundary as much as you can because that's pretty much what he does. He hasn't cost Hawthorne a game like Frawley did. At the SCG a couple of years ago. So yeah. yeah um, I, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Uh Josh Weddle, 18 disposals, 12 and six, four marks, two tackles, kicked a goal. Um 78% disposal efficiency. He had two contested possessions. He had three turnovers, two intercept possessions. He had 100 percent scoring accuracy, four score involvements. 400 metres gained, um, six inside 50s, two rebound 50s. I'm going to say, everyone knows that he's my boy Weddle and I claimed him early. I have, he has got a, a he reminds me of a, of a great of Hawthorne. I'm not saying he's at that level yet. I'm not saying he's about to win a brown line. But he has Robert Di Domenico traits in that he loves to run, and I think his eyes lit up today. I think running out the MCG in front of sixty thousand people. Joshy Weddle thought, "This is this is my playground. I'm going to absolutely love it out there today, and I'm going to make uh, I'm going to play my one of my best games for a long time. This is where I belong, and this is this is my home, and this is where I, the place I need to be." I had something about Weddle. I thought he loved. I thought he thrived on the big occasion today, and I thought he was a bit more sensible, a bit less reckless with his running. I thought it was a terrific game. Yeah, there was a real, there was a maturity about how he played the game as well, wasn't there? He didn't, he wasn't overawed in the slightest. Um, clearly, the biggest crowd he's ever played in front of, um, and he went about it incredibly well. I, the, the goal was fantastic his celebrations where he ran with his arms up you know like knew he'd nailed it as soon as he kicked it you just love to see that sort of stuff and I think I think Hawks fans look back now and they go gee I know we gave up a lot to bring this bloke into the football club but those are the sort of um you know big swings that you need to take in order to build out a list that has players with like legitimate X factor and um, Weddle is one of the most high upside players we have on our list. And I think every week he shows you these flashes of what that ceiling might be. And I don't know if there's a cap on it yet. Um, you know, I, I think I've said this a couple of times this year, this kid could be anything like he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know half the time what he's going to do with it how, when he gets how's it. How's he going to be the proper preseason? Oh, he's he's Not an animal. Nonsense they do when they first. Do he's an animal already. He's an animal already. I mean, he was playing on Bo McCreary for the for the a lot of the game, the majority of the game. Bo McCreary is a running machine, and Bo McCreary plays actually. Hey, yeah, and Bo McCreary players. is like lightning quick. 
And Weddle was not disgraced in the slightest. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super impressed with him. We got to remember this kid's still 19. Like he's still a teenager. Like some of the stuff that he's doing when selected at pick 18 as a key defender coming out of the TAC Cup, they're playing him on a halfback flank or on a wing, and he's kicking goals from 45 on the run. Like, give me a spell. That's stuff that these kids shouldn't be doing at this age. I, uh, he's he's fantastic. Um, I did. I, I don't know if I rated him. Uh, I'm going to go with the Darren Levine seven for the night. Um, but his his rookie season's been unbelievably good. Like n- none of us by you could have predicted that, Ash. Uh, well, I'll take the credit for this one. I'll do the victory lap. At the you end can. Of the season. You called it before the first preseason game, so you're I allowed. Think I did. Um, yeah. Top five so- rising star. Before you go on, is it possible? Top Has five? to be for me. Well, we're has to be for me. it'll be Ashcroft, Sheasel. Ashcroft, Sheasel, one and two. Um, Amos and Owens will be the top four. Owens, yeah. From yeah. St. Kilda. And then you throw Blank over a shed load of them for um, number five. It's got to be Weddle. 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 Hum- Humphreys had a good year. Um, yeah, but flat in and out, flashed in and out. Weddle's coming good again at the right time. So, look, he's, it's been it's been a fad. It's Hawthorne. We don't care about individual awards, but he's had a fantastic season. Well, we do want six. We only, yeah, we only don't care about him because we always get let down in them. So, that's true. <laughs> well, the John Kennedy mantra. Seamus Mitchell, eight uh, disposal, seven and one, two marks, a tackle, um, 75% disposal efficiency. He was subbed out of the game in the third quarter, had two score involvements, um, might have had a finger injury the coach indicated post-game. Um, I thought but it was better. I mean, he's butchered the ball the last couple of weeks. There's a bit less of that today. He looked a bit better. It, just brought, it was really just a, a tactical sub that they, they needed to make. But I thought uh, he was much much better, much improved in the last couple of weeks, Daz. Yeah, it was, he was he was good. He, he brought a lot of intensity. He couldn't really get his run going. And, um uh, you know, I think he may have had some sort of niggle. It just wasn't his sort of electric self. But I think that's also because they're up against a really hardworking quality side in Collingwood. So it's going to have days like that. And I agree, Ash. I think he he had he had a, a better game, even though the stats may not show it. Um, I think his intensity was really good. So uh, going to give him a six. Yeah, I think he's actually the finishing line. I mean, it's such a meteoric rise from this year. He's gone from, you know, not knowing his um, his future at the start of the season and to, to being where he is now. I think it's been, a, it's been a fairly meteoric rise for him. I suspect he might have not reached his football ceiling. I think he's going to be a very good footballer, but I think it's been such a big season for him. He might have hit the wall a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he does not play uh, every game between now and the rest of the season. Brandon Ryan. Didn't appear in the hype video before the game because he yeah, came to the club mid-season. They just put a still photo. We a couple of quick photos from his debut game last week, and that that'll do for number forty-six, Brandon Ryan. Nine disposals, seven kicks, two handballs, five marks, one tackle, three goals. He must think this league football is an absolute breeze. Ninety percent offensive half. Um, he had um, two contested, eight contested possessions, five turnovers, one intercept possession. He had three score involvements. He took uh, one mark inside 50, 139 metres gained. Um, going very, very nicely. You can even tell based on 
you know, the second game that he played, his teammates had a better understanding of how he plays, and I think he had a better understanding of how the team structures up. You look more comfortable at the level this week than last week. But it's just fun. It's another fun dimension to the season, Danny. Absolutely. I think you're right. It looked more cohesive than it did last week, but there were still times where either he got in the way of his teammates or his teammates got in the way of him. Um, he's unconventional and sort of semi looks, doesn't look hundred percent coordinated sometimes in the way that he moves, put his knee right into the back of Ned Reeves in a marking contest. Yeah. Absolutely flawed the big noodle. Um, but he's kind of unconventionally effective and, you know, like he's a huge human being. He's 200 centimeters with arms that like, almost touch the ground when he's standing still. Like he's a very long arms man. like giant testicles as a Jack Dyer once said. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but sure. Like <laughs> I think, um, I think they're just so long. So when he extends at the footy, there aren't many defenders, maybe Harris Andrews, but there, there aren't many defenders that would be able to reach it. If he's at go, go gadget arms. They are. They're, they're, yeah, they're huge. They're so long. Like, that's a basketball player's body, 100%. But, um, you know, he 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 kicked he kicked a goal from a 50-meter penalty. He kicked one where he picked it up and, and snapped it over the line. And then he kicked another another beautiful um, sort of snap around his body from a, from a mark. And, you know, if he keeps doing that week in, week out for the rest of the year, you know, doesn't have to kick three goals every week, but he'll get another contract for next year for sure because he's incredibly intriguing as a prospect. Um, you know, and he's had what six weeks, eight weeks in an in an AFL system, really. Like, you know, he's come from Northern Bullants, and no disrespect to their system, but you know, that's that's a semi-pro system, right? And then before that, he was in an amateur league. So, um, Maribyrnong Park. I wonder what the biggest crowd he played in front of at Maribyrnong Park. Enterprising journalist this week would go and find, go talk to the president of Maribyrnong Park about what their biggest rivalry game he would have played in last year for them. It would have been, you know, 300, 400 people. Well, I'd, yeah, I would have said it was maybe just under today's crowd at the G, just. Um, but yeah, I thought he was, um, I thought he was really impressive. I give him a six and a half out of 10. Um, but it's more about not his day rating today, but I think what, he, what him in that mix changed in terms of our forward line dynamism. I think that's the biggest, the biggest takeaway from today. He scored that goal where he moved really quickly and I think brought the ball to ground quickly and and soccered the goal. Someone Bruce or someone kicked the ball around. It was Bruce, yeah. Bruce yep. and he yep. got the one line and and Q the, the women's world cup um parallels and stuff like that. He might have been offside, but anyway, he yeah. uh there we go. He there got the VAR. They could have got the VAR out there. He got the goal. Um finally, a throw open to both of you, the coach. Yeah, before we get to the coach, can I just read uh, what Wikipedia currently says about Nick Dacos? I think you, I think you'll appreciate it, and so are our listeners. Uh, we get we had this sent to us, but it, uh, it says Nick Dacos is a professional Australian rules football player who plays for the Collingwood Football Club in the Australian Football League. Dacos is the son of Peter Dacos, who played for Collingwood in the VFL, AFL, and the young brother of jo- younger brother of Josh Dacos, who also plays for Collingwood. He is the collared pet of Hawthorne player Finn McGinnis. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Uh, oh, uh, I, I, 
that was just sent to the Hawks Insiders, and I thought, um, yeah, kudos to Jeff Scott on Twitter uh, for sending that Very through to us. That's fantastic. That's a body. Uh, He's getting beaten and bruised even off the park. It's today. gonna be terrific when Finn lines up against him in the grand final in a few years and and um, wins a normal just, just, just reminds him of that game that he kept him to five touches. Absolutely. Well, he'd probably keep him to five touches again, Daz. Um, but back to the um the question at hand. I, I thought um after a couple of questions last week about Sam Mitchell's uh selection and coaching decisions and the moving of the man magnets, everything seemed to work today. I, I thought the the players were set up really well at the back. They were led incredibly well by James Sicily and um, the way that they, they structured up was fantastic. The way that they addressed momentum swings uh, in Collingwood's favour was fantastic. And I'm sure they would have put work into that uh, over the course of the week. And um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought the coaching was 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 really good. How much of it was that Collingwood weren't quite at the races or how much of it was Hawthorne didn't allow them to be at the races? That's probably never known and and to be determined. But um, yeah, all in all, I thought the Hawks were in, super impressive and they were well coached, well drilled. And like you said, Ash, I reckon about four to five weeks ago, they had clearly geared up for this game to be their grand final. Um, and they just wanted to test themselves against the best, and they passed that test with flying colours. Oh yeah, and you're, which raises two questions. Number one, you know, the White Suffer let down over the last couple of weeks of the season, having built possibly what was clearly a very big build up to this one. Our our young team, um, but that that's the the main thing. Oh, actually, that's the, the, the one big question. I have another question for you before we go. Given what's happened today and with three weeks remaining of the season do you put a player now like cj on ice and say you know what we don't need you for the next three weeks go back almost like they did with with wingard and one or two others and just pull up stumps and say go get yourself right for uh first day pre-season Uh, it's a, it's a really tricky one. Um, cause I don't I, think it'd be very, I, very eligible. No, I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen to hear Daz's thoughts. I, I don't think, well, he, he's not, he's still not fit enough to play. So if he's not fit enough to play at the VFL this week, it's going to be very hard for him to, uh, to get into the AFL side. So it probably looks like there aren't many players that Hawks are going to put to pasture this year, but it probably looks like CJ is one of them. And it probably is, in some ways the sort of perfect encapsulation of what's been a really disappointing year for CJ. I, I had him earmarked as one that was going to take a big leap along with Dylan Moore. Um, they both sort of took a step last year. Uh, and then I thought both of them would take another step this year. Uh, Dylan Moore's kind of saved his season in the back half of it with some really good form and, uh, and sort of hitting the scoreboard a bit more, but but CJ was, I would say, by you know, by his standards and what we know he can do, he was pretty poor in the first half of the year and um, hasn't been able to get his body right in the second half, which is incredibly disappointing. The calls for him to be, you know, um, uh, that that he might not make it and stuff like that are premature. I think there's still plenty of talent there, and I'd be keeping him on um, for talent reasons alone. Um, but yeah, he probably goes to pasture um, in the next week or two. I mean, chuck him in that team fit next year. I mean, you, could, you know, the CJ we know, the 2021 version, 
um, and parts of last season as well. Um, it'd be a huge addition, just you know, what a weapon he would be as well. They find a, a role for him. So, but yeah, I just looked around today. I thought they probably don't need to play him now for the rest of the season. Three games to go. So, as we said, some deserving players probably won't get a look in now. Um, I would like to see them finish the season well. I mean, they've got a chance to, you know, they shut. It's not really going to affect the, the makeup of the eight. I wouldn't think too much. What, but just other than playing so well to beat the best team in the competition. But with Bulldogs and Melbourne to come next to us, they've really got opportunity to shape a bit of the a bit of the finals. Um, and they'll, you know, they bring that effort. They'll go close to beating the Bulldogs, who are the flakiest team in the competition. Back down Tassie. It's been a while since Hawthorne's played in Tassie, about three months. So they'll be looking forward to getting down there next week to the to there. And then Melbourne and the MCG, which I wasn't sure, I thought at uh, three o'clock this afternoon, my thinking was that uh, that Melbourne game and coverage could be very ugly. But now you go into that with great optimism, thinking that if they can bring the effort from today to Melbourne two weeks, that'll be another really good game towards the end of the season. So it wraps up a good day at the footy. For the Hawks, uh, we look forward to your contributions on the spaces Wednesday night to where it ranks in the wins of the last few years. I think that'll be one of the talking points we'll throw open to everybody, um, particularly Brad and Weesey, who weren't part of this conversation. That's where it ranks. Um, our recap uh, recap article will be will drop sometime probably for Monday morning, I believe. That will be great reading as well, and we'll have more great content on Hawks Insiders over the course of the week. So we thank everyone, as always, for their support. Danny, thank you. Thank you, Ash. Well-led and uh, well-controlled. I think you kept it to a respectable time. Yeah, I don't think we did too badly at all. Daz, thank you. Great spending the day with you at the football. Did you enjoy your uh, your taste of the MCC? I did. It was terrific. Um, always, always good when the Hawks have a win and one of the best days of the footy that I can remember for a while. And I, I missed that. Brisbane game, so it was uh, it was an awesome one. So thanks for that, Ash. It was terrific and very tastefully dressed as well for the occasion. That was good to see. He always you. looks good, doesn't he? Oh, I wanted my classy well. man. I wanted classy to wear man. my retro jumper, but you know the 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 shirt policy, at the MCC robbed me of that chance. But I will. It'll be out. It'll be out and about soon. Look forward to seeing you wearing it to the footy. Thanks, everyone, for your support. We had uh, lots of feedback during the game and after the game as well. I think this will be a greatly anticipated pod, so we hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll talk to you again on Hawks Insiders on Wednesday night on Spaces and enjoy the recap article when it drops. Enjoy the game. We expect everyone to watch the replay at least three times before we reconvene in a few days. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the week. much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews and so much more.